and welcome to another episode of Dark Days Radio, your home for, well, horror RPGs. Normally we're talking about things like World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness, but as you know, we like to cover lots of different things uh, from the horror RPG genre. And as you know, we cover a lot of Warhammer content on our Dark Hammer uh, specific episodes. But for this episode in particular, we are looking at Owlcat Games and their uh, soon-to-be-released computer RPG, which is called Rogue Trader. So that that means it's a game based on the Warhammer 40,000 IP and looks at playing you know, a rogue trader out on their starship, exploring the Warhammer 40,000 universe. And along with them, of course, is an entourage of uh, various various characters from across the uh, Warhammer 40,000 universe. Uh, I'm one of your regular hosts, Chris, and I am joined by uh, Anatoly from Alcat Games, uh, who is here to uh, basically give some insight in how he you know what work he uh performs on on the game and what we can expect from the computer game and what interesting elements there are to it so hi anatoly how are you doing hi hi it's all good thanks for having me here oh that's great so um before we get into the the real meat of this the discussion so uh what's your main role at alcat games and your involvement with rogue trader Oh, uh, I'm executive producer of Rogue Trader uh, project, so I'm basically the guy in charge of of the game, meeting its schedule and budget and uh, uh, audience reception. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> and stand managing projects from a from my day job and software engineering side <laughs> of things. Yeah, managing cats and um, and meeting meeting stop, uh, stakeholder expectations <laughs> and all those things. Um, though it's a very different world to when you're dealing with, uh, yeah, with an IP as well, when it's someone else's IP. Um, great. And um, yeah, so I, I will also, again, disclose to everyone listening to this, yes, everyone who listens to uh, Darker Days Radio will be aware that obviously I also uh, freelance write for Cubicle 7 on their Warhammer RPGs. A lot of stuff recently with the Wrath and Glory RPG, which is a Warhammer 40,000 RPG. So, um, you know, you're going to get people listening to this is going to get a, a real, like, <laughs> a real lots of Warhammer 40,000 insight and discussion. Um, so, yeah, uh, as I said, Rogue Trader then is a computer rpg do you want to give us the kind of elevator pitch of it and kind of what part of the warhammer 40,000 universe we'll be exploring uh sure sure uh we we're gonna explore uh the coronas expanse uh this uh one of the farthest uh frontiers of the imperium we're gonna play as a rogue trader in it and uh as an audience uh you you can expect as much tabletop rpg experience in a in a video game format as possible because that's our um that's what we do in our cat we try to we try to deep uh we try to go deep in a immersion and there is no thing more immersive than tabletop rpgs as far as i know yeah yeah exactly yeah and and yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the the coronas expanse because that's the last time we've had that region of the Imperium featured in any product was with the previous 40k RPG, which was Rogue Trader. So that that came out from uh it was originally fantasy no it was fantasy, fantasy flight flight developed. Games. Yeah. And 
and so it's really interesting to come back to that. Um, and then, as I said, so it's a with computer RPG, um, kind of what kind of because there's so many different styles that can be taken with with how you approach, um, let's just say, like with with combat. And I think from the videos, it's it's a it's a grid based system, is it? And then it's not a hex grid; it's a square grid. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah for movement. Yeah, kind of keen over the of the XCOM. Uh, yeah, definitely. That that was what I was going to compare it to. So it looked kind of like reminiscent of XCOM movement and so forth. Uh, and and so and then other things I've seen with some of the preview videos and, and uh, is that you can get involved in quite a lot of different plot lines. And so there's a, a there's a good mixture then of of what I would call the combat side of RPG. And then there's the more narrative, investigative, social dynamics element of RPG where you're dealing with various aspects of the imperial society. Um, you can put it in in that way, sure, but uh, I prefer a bit a bit different angle from the dynamics point of view, like the, the things you can you can do with the game. We we provide four different elements. First one is an exploration activity. Activity where your party is like running with legs uh, um, in not combat situation, avoiding traps, solving puzzles, uh, looking for clues, uh, finding some interesting uh, characters to speak with, stuff like this. Second activity is a battle activity, like uh, fair and square um, turn-based combat where there is your party, all the characters, and all the world against you. The thing that uh, Arkhammer throws around uh, basically is um, combat engagement in a, in a different scale where you can uh, where, where you can check your uh, successes on itemization or your uh, prowess in a like tactics and stuff like that first uh, third part of the like general activity of the game is a uh, space activities uh, where, where you're playing as a rogue trader you have your own void ship the massive uh, flying vessel in a space with thousands of people uh, under your command, with your retinue of high officers who are basically your your party, and we we allow three kind of activities there. We've got like whole global map of Coronas expanse with every system, and you chart your courses with your navigator through different systems. You decide where to go, how to how to reduce the amount of danger that war probes provide to you. Uh, other part is um, system activity. When you're like uh, entering the uh, reality or entering the materium uh, after the warp, uh, uh, warp jump, you you find yourself in a, some system that uh, circling around some star, and there are some interesting things there, like planets that you can search for different resources or quest elements or story elements. There are anomalies in space. There are narrative episodes in space. And the last part of that, like purely space activities are space battles. There are like actual void ships that are uh, fighting using its own system, using uh, their own mechanics. You got your void ship upgradable with its own 
pairs with its own equipment. So yeah, that's that's what players do in in a space. And the fourth part that of overall dynamics of the game, uh, the the most important part of the every game that all cats are doing is a narrative one. The the story that circles around you that you pushing in some way uh, and uh, receiving the reactivity on your actions in in a like more more intimate way with uh, like specific characters even your own retinue or with like general factions and in a higher scale of things with uh, like planets or systems so so that's that's what we what we provide from the dynamics point of view to the to the any player who decides to play the role trader uh, video game. Wow, that's 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 a lot of a lot of things to explore. Like that that means, I mean, for me and long term fans, like you know, you've got that you've got a slice, which is if you if you've ever touched anything to do with with uh, Battlefront Gothic, you've kind of got that aspect. Um, I like the idea that you can jump around to different worlds and and that the plot you're going to be following you know is or whatever plots you follow are, are spread over these systems um and 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 yeah i mean the i think one of the interesting aspects for role for from the the role play aspect uh, as playing as a rogue trader is the fact that rogue traders carry a lot of clout in the warhammer 40,000 universe you know you can you can i mean you might annoy us, annoy us certain certain people, <laughs> certain planetary or subsector governors, but you know you could annihilate a city <laughs> or a planet. So, so I, it's I'll, it'll be interesting to see how that that power dynamic of being a rogue trader is expressed in in the in the game because you know they are they can a rogue trader let, can let shape me give you just a, a lot. Quick example of this, for example, there is a footfall station like uh, one of the canonic elements of the Coronas Expanse. Uh, the uh, kind of Tartuga-style void station, which you can visit. And uh, there is a like mm, there is a custom in, inside the footfall that whichever rogue trader is inside the station, this rogue trader is ruling the station. Oh, right. And, and so so when, you, when you're visiting the like vassal of... Uh, of footfall the guy who is in charge of day-to-day -day operations of such a station uh, one of the things that you can demand from him is like anything you want like <laughs> you can uh, th th there is a, some like uh urgent I, I don't want to spoil the story yeah. itself, but uh there are some urgent situations and he needs your help to deal with them in a, in a some way and one of the things and we, we actually do it one of the things that we allow the player to express himself both as, as a as a role and uh, as a as a rogue trader as a class. We we allow him to say for the vassal on your knees and ask me nicely. And <laughs> and it it actually incites the role. Or one other example is um, is this: there are some pretty powerful enemies that that will be. Mm, it will be fighting against you basically in the game and on the one of the encounters with them they are all nice and shiny and we're gonna kill you and there are like different ways to uh, address them and one of the my favorite ones is to address your own seneschal second in command from your ship who is most of the time with you if you decide to bring him as one of companion to address him with the words 
my dear Seneschal, present me, and he will speak like ten titles of your full name of <laughs> you with a, with a conclusion as a fall on your knees, fools, because here is almighty. Like this level of uh, absurdly pathos elements that uh, circles yeah. around the rogue trader who isn't just as mighty as any like void ship captain. He's yeah. not just having its own its, its own um, ship. He has its own trade empire with the planets who mostly bring him the profit. He he has the pattern that allows him to travel wherever he wants and allows him to bring whichever companions he wants. So we've got, for example, Eldari companion, Drukari companion, Tech Priest companion. We've got Cold Trader companion. There are lots of different uh, facets of the Warhammer that we decided to merge together to, to allow players to immerse in the Warhammer as deep as possible. So, yeah, there are... There are, uh, there are like tremendous scale of a of a power that player can potentially express. For example, on one of the hard choices that will be presented to the player, one of the options will be, "Oh, to hell, just destroy this planet." And this is the option. Like, it's not the end of the game. It's one of the uh, like solid options to go. That's that's how we approach the power level of the rogue trader, basically. Oh, that's that's amazing. That no, that's really cool because I mean that that's I mean that's that kind of um, exploration of of that pomp and grandeur is something which has uh, is something which is interesting when we've been trying to express in the tabletop game as well. Like when you play these, you know, you're not just a guardsman, you're not even just a commissar, you're something so high up the ranks. Like you can. You you do have all, all these titles and um, it's yeah just have that as an as that ability like to have your seneschal and it's to it's not just something in text it's actually got some mechanic or or, or impact on the game is is really great here so um, where I mean I think the interesting then the next thing to ask is like you mentioned antagonists and I know. People who are familiar with the current expanse will know that <laughs> the Dracaria are lurking around a lot. So, kind of how how broad kind of what how broad are the kind of uh, I say broad themes of the antagonists are we going to see? I mean, are we going to see because people might say, are we going to get? De- is it going to be lots of demons? Are we going to get Eldari? You know, kind of what can you say about what th- what? Uh, antagonists we're going to face in the game. Uh, without spoiling like any crucial details, uh, the whole the whole plot of the story circles around uh, Inquisition on one side, Xenos on the other side, and it's not just Drukari. And uh, you on the third side, and some ruinous powers on the fourth side. And uh, some of them will be your enemies. Some of them will be your allies. Their standing will be changing through the game plot to you. And it's you as a player who will decide the standing of the factions. Like there will be some initial one, but you, you, you will have a lot of opportunity to switch the standings. And 
how blurred can some of those antagonisms be? Because, I mean, can you... Is it just straight, oh, Dracaria are all just, you know, evil space, you know, <laughs> evil Eldari, as we know. But but road traders, are, you know, can, with a certain amount of freedom, can toy with those those borders between who's meant to be an enemy and who isn't. So is that something which is, is there to be played with? Yeah, of course. As I already said, you you as a player will have an option to to bring to your ship and to have as your like retinue Eldari companion and Drukari companion. Oh, and, and Drukari right. companion and uh, unsanctioned psyker companion and interrogator companion. There are lots wow. of different elements that can be brought to your board because you are all this uh, almighty and what what important is we we try to express not the very obvious faces of the Warhammer. For example, uh, we we're not just giving you some battles with Drukari. They have their agenda. They mm. do things uh, which they do because of some reasons. And if you want, you can discover them. You can mess with them, or you can even provide some assistance to them. And uh, uh, we we actually putting the player inside the Kamarak. We are actually making the first ever like visual depiction of the Kamarak. And uh, there will be not just buttons. We are trying to placate some elements of such a tremendous monstrosity that uh, Kamarak is. Uh, of oh, course, yeah. it's it's not all nice and shiny place with <laughs> no. rainbows. Uh, no, there is a like horrible place, but in every horrible place, there are different different elements that you can interact with in a different way uh, to like role play your style to uh, to uh, express your agenda as a as a rogue trader and uh, uh, what what else can I say about them? Fictions. Um, any any companion that that will be joining your side have their own agenda. Like yeah. you can imagine that Inquisition's interrogator not just joining your side because you are all funny and beautiful. No, he has no, his no, own no. deeds that need to be done. And uh, Eldari character will have its own deeds. How yeah. will you interact with them? Will you, uh, will you mess with this, or will you help them, or will you like forget about them, or will you kill them? For example, uh, there are like all the solid options that uh, that the player can express himself with, but it's up to the player to be whichever road trader he wants to be. We, for, for example, we've got this system, conviction system. Uh, which allows a player to build upon significant decisions that he's making on a shaping the world around him. And one of the convictions is Imperialis one, like the canonical one, like you are all Aquila or for the Imperium, you are all the Persic heretics guy, and it's all understandable. But the other one, for example, is a Benevolencia. You're thinking about people, yeah. Why can't I give them trust? Hmm. Why can't I give them a chance? Why can't I try to make their suffering a bit lower in the Warhammer? And of course, you're receiving a lot of consequences based on whichever con conviction uh, 
you are aiming to, whichever like conviction is happening to building upon you. And it's it not just like numbers in your chart sheet. No, it's it changing the way your void sheet looks. It changing the way some other massive elements in a in a space looking. And of course, it brings you some mechanical uh, benefits. Oh, no, that's 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 awesome. I mean, that, that's I mean, that's one of the things. Like, it feels. I think people who are also say fans of Blackstone Fortress, because of course that's again you've got that entourage, that mixed entourage to have that feel transplanted into the into a, a more developed RPG kind of um, experience. It's really great, and so and also the idea that your ship evolves with respect to those alliances and decisions and and how you play is is just yeah it, it's just great to know that it's not just oh it's just giving me a bonus to the type of weapons i have or or the amount of damage or or just whether i go down this plot it's 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 a much more much more immersive in that way and it's interesting because you said that you can have space marines as as members of your entourage so the classic problem that i say the problem of space marines and this is me speaking about space marines in in, in the tabletop rpg uh experience is they are they are powerful right they they are like it on the on the tabletop war game you know we've got to make the war game fun and have more than just five space marines on a battlefield because five space marines could devastate a hundred could def- devastate a thousand uh, enemies, and in the RPG, in the tabletop RPG, again we try and like you know massage that balance so it's like you get the 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 grandeur of a space marine without it being like well the rest of those characters are pointless in the party. So how have you tackled that that balance between what is fun to play and what we call the the cinematic space marine who is just the uh, an army unto themselves? Uh. Let me start with uh, like our one of the our inspirational sources, Fantasy Flight Games tabletop uh, material. Uh, for example, their rogue traders uh, have their like starting numbers way above like regular because yeah. they are like uh, significant, unique persons, like best of the best. They are like way above. Of course, starting like uh, even starting. Uh, rogue trader uh, party can't compete with a space marine because if you look at a dead watch uh, as a, like one of the canonic elements or a black crusade or the or the other side, they are like way stronger. That's why we insert the option to to invite this one chosen space wolf character to your party uh, relatively late to the game on a on a second half of the game. You've got such an option where your all other party members are uh, kind of geared up, uh, kind of leveled up by the point. They are like not so obvious, but of course, none of the characters in this universe can can charge on the enemy and crush their skulls better than a space wolf. So if if that's your preferred play style, he will be like one hundred percent choice without any question but for example if you're playing as a as a heavy gunner team or if you're playing as a heavy psychers team or if you're playing as a mm, all these uh dodgy uh million of attacks per round million action points uh party 
there will be some like not so obvious choices for you to make. So uh, that's one facet of the uh, of the situation. And the other one, we it it may be it may sound harsh, but in all cats, we mo- most impression most important thing for us is immersion. So when we're like coming up with a story with a interesting choices with the interesting consequences of such choices we tend to think about the balance of the things on a later stages or uh, or not at all because what we provide is a is a genuine role-playing experience not the war game per se yes there are battles yes there are uh, that these battles are important element of the game, and they allow you to express yourself in a in a ways of killing enemies, of on a, on a uh, brawling through uh, some obstacles. But that's just one of the elements of a uh, of you expressing yourself. We we're not we we, we never try to to make perfectly balanced system for the tournaments. It's not the games we are yeah. making. We, we we most of the other side of the spectrum. Kind yeah. Of like this. And I guess the, I mean, you know, if you take a space, if you've got the, the space ring character as part of your, your entourage, it, it makes, I'm sure with some of the narrative branching, it's just like, that's just not an option. Like you can't just walk into certain places with a <laughs> eight foot tall, nine foot tall killing, killing machine with you because everyone's just like, that's a Marine. They're not, you can't be subtle. Uh, no, uh, we 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 try at every time we are making the any any aspect of the game, we are genuinely trying not to limit the player. So it's not like there are places where you can't go with a space mm. marine, or or places where like you're losing some quality content because you pick up space marine. No. We're inserting Space Marine okay, yeah. in, a, in a precise moment where he will be 100% relevant in any place you Right. Oh, that's cool. Okay. That makes kind sense. Of, yeah. th- that's our ideology in, a, in a working with the content. Of course, there yeah. will be places where we miscalculated something or there will be, I guess, some, some bugs, but general approach yeah. circles around uh, making every choice the player makes viable and every choice interesting that's that's yeah. what we in 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 a like uh in a higher scheme of things try to do um and then i guess the the i think you you've kind of addressed this as well because um because i say with the with the with the road trader you and, and the entourage, you, you, like I said, you can, you go to the spaceport and you demand almost like a tithe or loyalty or, or whatever. Um, you can make certain demands. So I think that kind of, to me, that means it shows that you've thought, you, you, you've made the, the the thought of how you express what being a road trader is. Because going back to cer- certain CRPGs, which annoyed the heck out of me, is where. You have they go. You're this type of character. You should. You're like effectively space police or whatever. But you can't put use that rank to do anything. You're like you go. Well, why do I have to barter with this criminal? I should be able to just go. You're under arrest. Give me your stuff. Not. I'm gonna go do a go get get something for you to get the information back from back out of you. It's to me that those things destroy what the narrative is. So it makes me 
very happy that you know you you can play as what a road trader does, which is negotiates with planetary governors, but other people, you know, you are you're in charge. You're you're the big shot. So I think you've definitely answered one of the later questions I had there, um, because it, it's just such a struggle with that. Um, so the the other thing is um, what else was I going to say? The other thing is so. 40k is a is an interesting kind of IP because it has you know we have to like you know and this happens a lot with writing for the tabletop RPG as well. It's like you have to acknowledge that as a setting it is brutal and horrific, and the Imperium is is a barbaric <laughs> barbaric um, government to be within. But there are always those kind of aspects of moments moments of heroism and 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 characters are not just just brutal commissars who just demand authority you know you you have those moments of of sympathizing with them so is that again something that was you know important when developing the members of the entourage who who join your party that you are not just being the the worst excesses of those groups that you you do get to see a, a whole gamut of what society is like. Of course, and it uh, comes not just to to the entourage uh, members. It comes to any basically any character that you will you will encounter. Because what we aim to is to express Warhammer forty k as fully as possible, and to allow you as a player to touch different things of this part. So, uh, for example, there will be, there will be one, uh, there, there will be an encounter with a, with a soldier who abandoned his order. And if you want, if you want, and only if that's what you want, you will know the reasons behind, behind these uh, abandoned and you will decide how to proceed. But, of course, the first viable action, first available action is to shot on sight such a traitor, because yeah. this is an Imperium. But if that's what you as a player want, you can dive deep in a situation. Uh, you can, if you want, you can trade with pirates. If you want, you can touch... Uh, uh, some dark artifacts and uh, uh, do different things with them. If you want, you can, uh, for example, there is a um, there is a station of Navis Nobility, the Navigators one. And uh, when you will be encountering such a station, your like uh, your, your uh, Vox Master will advise you how to proceed. But it's up to you to say, "Fuck this shit." I am here rolling, and <laughs> yeah. and where you will be encountering like delegation of Nadis Nobility. One of yeah. the options that you can express is to uh, cut the shit. Just give me the new shiny navigator. Like who the hell is doing like this in our camera? No, it's it's yeah. not it's not canonical approach to the interactions between the fractions. But the whole rogue trader approach allows us to let the player express him in a most severe way possible, in a most uh, strange ways, like caring about people, like loving some characters. How radical. Too. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
in, in the same time, we allow Persian clean on-site approach and mm -hmm. uh, even mix them when the player feels like to do it. So, yeah, the Warhammer as itself is a horrific irony on a, on a lots of the bad things that happened with a, with a humanity through our history. But these intersections of these uh, of this horror allows to tell different stories, like unique ones. And that's one of the reasons because we we genuinely love the Warhammer as a setting. It's not like we we were searching through marketing prospects. No, we were playing Warhammer for like five years before actually making it. Uh, guys were playing, guys finished full-scale role trader campaign that transformed in a Black Crusade campaign because they were corrupted as hell. And they were playing like three years with such a campaign. Uh, just just one of the party. Other uh, some of the uh, some of our guys, like uh, level design guys, play like uh, I I don't know if it's a proper term, but they play sport hammer. They are okay. actually going to tournaments. They yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Know all the numbers on all the patches of all the armies. They've got like like bazillion of miniatures. They are yeah. like living with it, and they we all came out on a road trader project because of our love to the initial source elements. And uh, we, yeah, we know there are cool things there that we try to express, but of course, none of us uh, ever try to glorify any elements of such yeah. a setting uh, because it's most and foremost, it's irony, it's yes. hard and dark irony, and yeah. uh, to to think about it, to express it in different ways, to uh, to maybe laugh on some elements or think about others, is what makes this uh, this uh, material great. Not the uh, Almighty Emperor die. For yeah, him. yeah, no. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the thing. It's always again like from my writing experiences, like how to is to like say get that irony and. Yeah, if you could if you could push a bit of satire into it, then then great because it just adds a bit of levity when when the content can get quite quite foreboding and dark for the player. So if there's a moments of of dark humor that that um, organically emerges, then that's always always great. Um, so another thing I was going to ask then is because you. you you know, we've we've basically been saying there's there's loads of different ways of exploring the Warhammer forty thousand universe. Different media uh, explores it in different ways. So, how did you come upon the kind of art style for for Rogue Trader? Because you know, if you because I've also been playing some Dark Tide, and that is a that's a very different <laughs> different experience as well. Like you're in the hives as a guardsman, it's horrific. Um, how did you where, where how did you come upon that art style? And I guess then also um, with relation to that, then in exploring both the style of game you wanted to to present and the art style, did that bring up interesting questions that you had to go back to Games Workshop with about like, well, how does how does this actually work? You've never said this in any book. Like, where does a person go to do? xyz because it's so it, it it has no meaning to the war game but yet when you're living in that that world it has meaning yeah of course but to answer the question let me 
let me say it first that I'm not an artist myself. Yeah, so, sure, sure. Uh, I can say some like uh, stupid uh, to any artist things, uh, guys. Sorry, but uh, we in a, in Alcat, we're really proud in our hand painting approach to ceramic. So we we don't we don't just use like uh, PBR or procedural generated textures or we we, we don't do things that that forbids us from unique touch on any detail element for example we've got these squares on a on a, a tiles on the floor on, on the floor of the station and we've got scratches on this uh, on this tile we've got like lots of deep variations of such scratches and lots of variations of such tiles but any one of them were made by the hand of the artist by the eye of the artist and by the heart of the artist who is in mind general thought of there were thousands of combat encounters hmm. here what um uh what touch did it uh did it left here uh yeah. stuff like this so we we combined our studio approach to the hand painting uh focus with um immersion this with with decisions that um in our experience allows the player to immerse easily so uh that um the isometric view with a with a free camera that you can zoom in zoom out and even rotate uh with right realistic proportions and with the hand painted textures is in our experience one of the main things that you that you will imagine when you're closing your eyes it's mm -hmm. hard to imagine warhammer elements or any other sci-fi or fantasy elements in a first view like fully uh fully scale that you can touch because you don't know it it's it's a it's all the fantasy for you but with a a bit a bit far away camera with a bit of a composition uh with a mm, designed color schemes and uh, uh points of interest uh you you will grasp significant elements and you will dive in all other elements if you want you will navigate the space freely and you will um you will differentiate the level of importance of the elements of the screen that's basically the main ideology behind the um, behind the art style that we've picked uh other ones are technical limitations there are like, yeah um, there are counted number of elements that can be put in a in a frame in any given second there are like counted uh maximum size of the area that can be um, implemented because of the like uh specifications of the target yeah. machine so yeah uh, most of the time it's immersion our our preferences and technical limitations yeah yeah <laughs> and about the things that you've asked uh interesting thing uh about uh arts that came from uh warhammer but uh need to be adjusted uh we we strongly reference on uh like miniatures but miniatures have not so very realistic proportions because they are miniatures yeah oh so lots of the time we were in a situation where we need to adjust for 
like per sake of proportion, some elements. And from other situations, we were under the situations of, okay, Herbites has his, his own like set of equipment, but uh, if we encounter him in a bath, what will be on his uh, like underwear? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, when uh, th there is a like there is an imperium of of mankind, but it's it's mostly humanity, and humanity, for example, drinks. What sounds will be sounding from the bar that yeah. you are entering in a in a like some station? What yeah, are I, music elements like? I think like that's only been described like I I I think I've heard descriptions of what the music is like maybe in. I know I've I've read it in one of the Eisenhorn books, but I can't remember any other specific references to what what the music of in these CD bars are. Because anywhere else, you would imagine like, well, there'll be hymns or 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 various um, servitors and and vox casters putting out mm -hmm. various hymns. But when it's like like you say underground bars, like what is I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's, I think it's called I, what was the reference? I think in the Eisenhorn book they call it they call it like. Thr uh, it's almost like th thrum music or thud music or something stupid like that. Um, that's Dan Abnett for you, isn't it? Coming up with interesting, <laughs> interesting terms and and things for the world when he's been writing. Um, and I think, um, I guess, then as we start to wrap up, because I don't want to take up too much more of your time, because I think we've covered quite a lot of different aspects of of what the game is is like and and how it's been developed. Um, and of course, you know, computer RPGs are obviously they're they're a genre, and there's different styles of how to to create one. Whether you use grids, whether you use hexes, whether you use freeform movement, and then obviously there's all the other kind of mechanics in there as well. So, is uh, what what kind of aspects in Rogue Trader do you feel like you feel push, maybe push, or at least excel? in 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 road trader from the traditional kind of like from other examples of computer rpgs you go like that mechanic in this context now really really works and drives home what warhammer 40,000 is or because it's warhammer 40,000 we can actually do this for once when we've not been able to do it before we've not seen that before mm -hmm. uh let me it's let a bit of a highbrow question so. i know that <laughs> yeah that's that's not an easy one but yeah uh for in our in our expression in our experience, Warhammer is dark and gritty, but evolves around the power fantasy of like heroic elements of some individual who who makes wonders in this particular moment. So one of the elements that we've decided to implement to to elaborate of this feeling is physical projectiles. Uh, so in, in a, like in a general term, it's like understandable thing, but what we've done with this, anytime you use firearms, you've got two options. First one is to make single shot. And second one is to make the burst shot. Yeah. Whenever you make burst shot, there are bullets actually flying in a conus, big one and damaging whenever they encounter. So if you want to deal massive amount of damage. You are using this burst fire, but you are damaging all of the people around you. They are popping with blood. They are like severe uh, limbs, stuff like that. When you're using single shot, 
it, it's a game. You, you, you need to control the surrounding. You need to uh, predict the outcome of your actions. You can pinpoint any target inside the attack range and the shot will flew there yeah. without any obstacles. But after it strikes the target, it has a chance to over-penetrate and to fly further and to ah, strike cool. several targets. And whenever, whenever the bullet strikes target, it has a chance to push it. For example, when you're when you're shooting with a heavy bolter, there are like people dying all of your side, but there are some of them that will be brutally pushed ten squares away on a on a you know, wall and uh, falling on through the cliff, stuff like that. And the last part of such a mechanic, because everything is a physical, uh, to dodge anything your character actually stepping outside. So for example, you are like crunching under the cover and their enemies uh, like shooting at you and they are throwing the grenade and your character will go away from the cover to, to dodge this grenade if you, if you have such an option and uh, will be leaving his cover and will be standing all inside the empty ground with the enemy forces. So these elements of dark gritty procedural narrative battle elements of Warhammer, I've got an impression that we we like make really good of it. And I'm proud of how it's playing at the moment. That's great. I mean it's interesting you describe that because obviously the other thing that <laughs> going on in my life like is 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 Warhammer all the time actually. It's ridiculous. Cause if I'm not if I'm not writing something for it, then in my free time I'm playing uh, I'm running a Necromunda campaign. And of course, what you've described is often some of the things we have to worry about when you're getting shot is, oh no, they've not just been shot, they've been shot and pushed back and they're falling off a platform. Or if you're using a harpoon weapon, it's gone through someone and someone else, or they're being rammed by a vehicle. I've just been building a custom vehicle for my uh, for my Goliath gang. So it's really it's really cool to hear like how you've been about how how firearms and explosives and, and so forth are going to interact and how the characters will move in in response to that um so i think just to to wrap up because i think we've covered a lot of different things and i think off the back of this i will advise you know listeners to obviously go seek out the youtube videos they can see a lot of this in action um obviously i'm, I'm sure those videos there, there's there's even more still to come because things are still you know, there's development and tweaks, obviously, that will go on uh, before release. Um, but right now, with the release of also another CRPG um, that's out in the world, do you feel like it's kind of like there's a resurgence going on in the genre, or is it just, or or, or is it just the the right time? Has the tech, or is it something to do with like the the I don't know whether it's the technology or or is it just is it just back in vogue? Like, you know, we've had all the first person shooters. We've had a lot of that stuff. We've had a lot of all, all the fighting games. It's just like CRPGs. It's just, that's back. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know if we can speak about resurgence because in, uh, in all cats, we never felt that, uh, RPGs are in a state of decline. We are mm. like huge fans of such a genre and uh, we play through every game that came up in any, in this genre. And, uh, uh, there were like absolutely brilliant wasteland or or Salast, uh, for example, just things that uh, pops up in my mind. Uh, 
the recent success of uh, of Baldur's Gate is a huge deal for all the industry mm. and especially for the RPG genre because it opens the door to different crunchy really hardcore and long play style to new people because yeah. of new people because of uh, broadening the borders there will be new discussions new approaches there will be more interest from uh, major studios to to yeah. classical rpgs as a general so uh it's not like we're in resurgence it's like we're in a in a potential of new doll and mm. let's see how it will be going out from here yeah i i mean it's i mean for me the the <laughs> completely to be completely selfish i mean the fact that there is a 40k rpg computer rpg coming out it's going to be there out in the wild is great because you know one you know those computer games are brilliant inspiration for the tabletop so and likewise for the tabletop for when you can't get your group to gather around and roll dice there's the computer rpg and i think that that um that kind of symbiosis of of the mediums of is great and the fact that then you go oh, i really i really like play, i like how the space ring is in 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 rogue trader i want to play more of that then you know obviously there's a space ring computer game coming out as well so it's it's really it's all there's all there's there's so much 40k and warhammer content in different formats it's really it is really exciting when you're especially if you just get burnout from painting toy soldiers which does happen um so i that's what yeah i'm i'm really excited to uh play rogue trader then because again like i said i've been playing dark tide and it's great you know playing a guardsman with a bolt gun is fun but it's gonna be cool to have someone with a bit more bit more grandeur a bit more oomph has his own spaceship that's that's all good stuff um right so to wrap up then to finally wrap up um were there any last comments points you wanted to highlight or things that people should be looking out for in the next few weeks and months uh one thing that i i wanted to address is my genuine recommendation to the audience to try russ and glory uh you got pretty decent like uh really good design in, in a design way system of uh, designing your patron is one of the elements that we we played like uh several models of it and uh, uh we we as a, as a developers uh, highly recommend to at least give it a try because it's not just Warhammer. It's aside from Warhammer, a genuinely nicely designed tabletop RPG experience. And aside from this, keep nice, keep safe, guys. Uh, it's <laughs> not so easy times. And uh, I wish you all good luck and good day. So yeah, we'll have in the show notes um obviously links to Alcat Games. We'll um we'll put in also links to the YouTube, you know, social media. Um and is there I can't remember now. Is is there a is there a release date on the horizon or is it not yet set in stone? Uh we we actually uh we actually released uh we actually announced our release date. Uh it will be the uh, 7th of December this year. It will be simultaneously release on uh, uh, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, and PC. 
there will be Mac version inside. There will be cooperative mode inside. Oh it, wow! Uh, but without crossplay, so it's just sure. Uh, PCs with PCs, stuff. Yeah, like that's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, stuff like this. That's very cool. The the idea of collaborative play that's that's a that's a whole topic. That's another whole topic. But I don't want to push you any more time on that. But that's really cool to know that's a, an available play style. Um, brilliant. Well, again, Anatoly, uh, thanks for coming on and and spending an hour chatting forty k with me. Um, and uh, for everyone listening, um, obviously, if you've got any comments, go over to the to the Discord. You can find us at Dark Days Radio on social media. Uh, if you want to email us, uh, darkdaysradio at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to get some more uh, Warhammer content, you want to learn more about the setting, you can go over to our Dark Hammer episodes because we are finally going to soon finish our Chaos Gods series and talk about minor Chaos Gods. I say minor. People like Bellacor and and so forth. Um and uh but yeah you can find more content there um so again thank you for listening thank you again to my guest Anton for for speaking and um goodbye for now thank you goodbye This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Occam's Laser.